Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. Janice Munson and her husband Dan were driving one day when all of a sudden a van was coming down the street the wrong way. They instantly panicked and they looked over into the van and they noticed that this driver of the van had fallen asleep at the wheel. Now, luckily, no one was going too fast. And, and uh, Dan, he's waving outside of the window. He's hitting his horn. He's hitting his flashers. The van driver's not responding. So Janice, without even thinking, without even talking, hops out of the van, goes, bangs on the door, opens it, throws the van in park, and then they take the unresponsive driver to the hospital. They saved a life that day. Pretty radical story. There's this book called uh, a, a World of No Heroes by George Rose. I don't know if you ever read it, but he says this, there's no such thing as a hero. There's people who are ordinary that do extraordinary things like Janice and Dan Muniz. So I want to encourage you today, wherever you're going through, whatever you're faced with, I want to talk to you about this idea of being an ordinary person but actually sliding over into being an extraordinary person. Now, we can be an ordinary Christian coming to church. We can be an ordinary Christian singing some songs. We can be an ordinary Christian just kind of doing the dance, going through the motions. Or we can be an extraordinary Jesus follower. And today I thought it was pressing and I thought it was just unique how things kind of fell that we are ending our talk on Colossians talking about prayer. See, it's my belief that prayer, and I believe the Apostle Paul, he talks about it quite often, that prayer is what separates us from everybody else. It's this idea that we believe that we pray, we call on God by his mercy, by his grace. He listens to us. He changes things for our benefit. He sees us through some situations, some fire in our life. He refines us, and it's prayer that keeps us going through. It's that communication that we have. And, and Paul, he opens up with, I'm grateful for you, this church of Colossae. And then he closes his final remarks with this, I want to encourage you to pray. So we're in this uh, series, it's called Colossians. Uh, it's a clarity, a look at Colossians. When Paul is actually talking and, and he's writing to a small group of believers now, they're faced with deception. They're, they're faced with what is polytheistic uh, 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 mysticism, meaning there's more than one God. So they're talking, and Paul's writing. He's like, so there's no, they're, they're in this culture that is Roman and Greco or, or, or Greece culture, and they're saying, hey, there's more than one God. And, and Paul's writing this letter to this small group of believers, and he's saying, there's not more than one God. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. He's supreme. He's at the beginning, he's in the middle, and he's coming back for his church. So he's fighting this culture right here when it comes to this small church. But then there's also this other influence that's imposing itself in the book of Colossians that Paul is addressing. It's this legalistic, this ritualistic group of people. There's this strong Jewish influence talking about circumcision and a kosher diet that you have to do these particular things if you want to have a relationship with God. And so Paul, he's addressing some of the things, he's handling some of these things, and then he leans into 
verses, we're going to look at six verses tonight in chapter four, the final chapter of the book. And he looks at these, these verses and we talk about it and we look at it and he goes on and he says, we need encouragement for not only him and his ministry, but also to be a person of prayer. See, prayer is so fundamental to our faith. Prayer is what can change things. Prayer is what imposes God's will in our life. Prayer is how God hears us, that Paul is all about prayer. We need prayer. We can't talk about it. If you're probably like, Pastor Blake, we talk a lot about prayer. Absolutely, because we need prayer. Turn your neighbor and say, we need prayer. And say, absolutely, you do. You know, like, here we go. All right, walking into that one. That's just of the Lord right there. Okay, so anyways, Paul's talking about this. But this is what I love. One of my favorite theologians, you know him. His name's C.S. Lewis. He writes this about prayer. And, and it's interesting point. He says, no one in his senses, if he has any power of ordering his own day, would reserve his chief prayers for bedtime. Now, when I first read this, I was in college and that's when I was praying. It was, I wanted to check the box. So I'd pray as a good Christian. I would pray right before I go to bed to check the box. And he says, obviously the worst possible hour for any action which needs concentration, my own plan when hard pressed is to seize any time and place, however unsuitable in preference to the last waking moment. The body ought to pray as well as the head. It's this all-encompassing time of praying, making it a focal point in your life. Uh, when I was in college, I just mentioned that I, I would pray kind of check the box prayer. Now that I'm older, this is how I've kind of developed my prayer life. And I don't say it uh, to say pat on the back. In fact, when I share a little bit about how I pray, uh, it almost reminds me of those Lowe's gecko commercial. It's like where I'm kind of sounding like my dad. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Like, hey, and this is what I mean. I wake up every day, 4.40 a.m. in the morning, okay? 4.40 to 4.43 of that morning, I contemplate getting out of bed. It is a battle. I don't want to get up. In my mind, I'm saying, why am I going to get up? I don't want to do this. And then I head to the gym, I go to the gym for about an hour. Then I come home and I pray for about 30 to 35 minutes. I take my dog on a prayer walk. And then that is how I pray. I want to encourage you. How do you pray? What's that process in life prayer for you? Is it uh, early morning time? Is it maybe in the middle of the day? Is it maybe on a prayer chain with friends? How do you pray? See, I, I came to a point in my life when we went to, went to an extremely hard, hard moment where I remember waking up and I, I, I would go down to my living room, I'd be laying on the floor. I'd be just be crying out to God. I'd be screaming to God. And, and it's so much so, Brittany would be like, Blake, we're trying to sleep. And we were in some tension in our marriage trying to figure this out. And I would just be pleading, I need an answer from God. I need God to move in my life in a way I can't even imagine. It was in those moments. And I don't say that to be like, I, 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 or me, me, me. But that's how I pray. And that's the serious that we need to talk about the importance of prayer in our life. If you want to see God show up in amazing ways, pray. If you want to see God work in amazing ways, pray. If you want to have a relationship with God, what do you need to do? There we go. We're getting it. That's what we're about. So the Apostle Paul, he says this in Colossians 4, 2. But before we do that, let me give you point number one. Prayer is the difference maker. It's simple as that. Your walk with God will be drastically different when you pray. Prayer is the difference maker. Can't say that enough. If a church, you hear me say this time and time, if a church is not praying, it won't be staying. 
If a church is not praying, it won't be staying. There's a, I, I follow some metrics. There's over almost 2,000 to 3,000 churches that close a year. Crazy. COVID has shut down churches. It's radical. The one reason, my, one of the many reasons I should say that my wife and I love the faith community right here is because we are a church of prayer from Pastor Goss to the pastors before him, to the staff that he surrounded himself. It's a church of prayer. So Colossians 4, 2, this is how Paul, he, this is encouragement of prayer. He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So I want you to capture these three words out of verse two. Devoted, alert, and thankful. Devoted, alert, and thankful. When we pray, it brings and builds devotion. It's this tenacity. It's this engagement. It's this, I'm going to pray and I'm going to be devoted to Jesus. I'm going to be devoted to the activities in my life. An attitude of persistence with prayer is needed. Uh, many times whenever we just go off our feelings, they, they lead us into very unique situations and very lazy realms of our life. If we just do what we feel, if we're honest with ourselves, right? We can't always go off how we feel. So that's why whenever we're praying, whenever we're in this posture, when Paul is saying is devote yourselves to prayer, because there's moments when you're not going to feel like praying, but you need to pray. There's moments you don't feel like getting up, there's moments you don't feel like calling on God because you might be going through a hard thing in your life, but those are the moments you need to lean in and say, I'm gonna devote myself to prayer. I'm gonna devote myself in communication with God. Prayer sees marriages through. If you have relationship issues, hangups, items going on, my first question to you is how you're praying about it. Prayer, it helps us to work through those moments we feel like quitting. I don't know if you've ever been there. You ever feel like quitting? Prayer builds that devotion to hang in there when we want to push past the mark. Prayer keeps us committed to the call that God puts on our life. God's called you to do something only you can do. Prayer helps us see that through. Prayer keeps us connected with God in seasons where God seems dormant in our life. I've been following Jesus for some time in my life, and I, and I think if you have at any moment that there, there's been some moments in your life where you're like, hey, you're, you're, you're praying, you're calling on God. And you're like, God, why aren't you answering me? So that's why Paul, when he writes, devote yourselves in prayer. It's this discipline of prayer. Sometimes God takes a step back, lets us figure some things out and navigate some processes, navigate some trials, navigate some things to refine our character. But see, prayer keeps us devoted. Number two, prayer keeps us alert. Paul says again, to he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. Some translations, they say, watchful or stay awake. See, the biggest hindrance that we can see, like even in the book of Colossians, is, isn't that this uh, culture is kind of yelling their um, uh, opinions or thoughts? A lot of the challenging, the parts that come in Colossians is the fact that these influences from different beliefs in gods to this hard ritualistic tradition is the fact that these were being composed and displayed and communicated by smooth talking individuals. So when Paul says stay awake or stay alert, be watchful, he's saying prayer helps us discern what is truth and what is not truth. 
That's why we need to pray. If not, sometimes we just step into a situation and we're kind of blinded and, and don't know what we really walked into. And that's why it's this idea of staying alert. I was listening to this podcast and this pastor tells a story. He planted a church. And uh, he, whenever you church plant, I have a heart for church planters. Um, and whenever you church plant, you are honestly at the front lines of of ministry. You're, you're trying to build something virtually out of nothing. You have no, no facilities, you have no people, and you're trying to build. So you will take anybody that will come through the doors to be a part of your church. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they smell like, what they sound like, anything. You'll take them. And this one particular pastor he's talking about, he thought he landed an all-star. This lady comes in, wants to be a part of his church. She's an evangelical Christian. She knows the Bible. She starts singing on the worship team. She starts leading out in ladies' Bible studies. And then it kind of evolved. And her husband started joining the worship team. They started leading in these, these couple Bible studies and they started really leading down their church. And then he started praying and he had this check in his spirit. And when he started having this check in his spirit, he comes to the realization as he dove into the relationship of this particular couple, he, he finds out that the husband's a Jehovah's Witness and some of the things that were being taught didn't line up with some, uh, well, with the doctrine of scripture as a Christian church believes that Jesus is supreme, that Jesus isn't a created being. But he discovered that through his prayer life. When we pray, we become watchful, we become alert, we become aware. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I mean, that's strong language. That's tough language. How do we combat that? How do we navigate that? It's our prayer life. It's what we're doing. It's how we're going front lines. It's one of the greatest weapons that we have, if not the greatest weapons that we have. Number three, when it comes to it, we talked about devote. We talked about uh, um, being devoted, being alert in mind, and then also being thankful, being grateful. That's why we give you some notes so you read, write, and recite so you can capture the importance of this. A grateful person, it's proven, is more happy, is more positive, is more successful in life. Prayer keeps us in that position. It keeps us in that posture. When we pray, when we come before God, I know in my prayer time, I thank him for the blessings that he's allowed and has taken place in my life. I think whenever you pray, are, are you saying, God, thank you Thank you for working in my life. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to breathe. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to lead my family. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to gather in the state of Florida. I know every day I'm like, yeah, baby, Florida's strong. Like, let's go. You know, prayer gives us that moment to reflect and say, are we grateful? That's why Paul's saying, hey, when we pray, let's be thankful. When we pray, let's dive in. Jesus in Matthew 15, he takes these seven loaves and, and he lifts up and he pray and he gives thanks. He gives this, uh, this posture of gratitude toward God. See, gratitude typically precedes God's move. Gratitude typically precedes God's move. You want to see God actively show up in your life? You're praying, you're saying, God, thank you for being present in my life right now. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, thanksgiving is essential to our walk 
with Jesus. Thanksgiving is essential to being present, being alert, being thankful for everything that God's done in our lives. It's so vital. Number two, prayer creates opportunity. Prayer creates opportunity. Um, If you desire an opportunity, pray about it. If you want to see something come into existence, pray about it. If you want to see God move in a radical way, pray about it. If you want to declare boldly things that you need, problems going on in your life, pray about it. In the very first chapter, I I, I find it in the very first chapter in Genesis, when it comes to praying about it or seeking opportunity, I'm I'm a big believer that we need to speak it out. We need to talk it out. We need, in other words, verbal process it out. You look in the very first chapter of Genesis. Ten times in this translation, in the New Living Translation, it says, God said. God said. And and I find it fascinating because it's setting the tone for the rest of Scripture. Setting the tone to speaking it out. Is there a need that you need in your life? What are you speaking out? If you need restoration or relationship, what are you speaking out? Are you, are you saying, God, I, I need you to help me in this particular area of my life? What are you speaking out? What are you declaring? What are you placing before him audibly? I, I'm always kind of amazed where, you know, in Genesis chapter 1, when, and then God said, and then God said, and then God said. It, sometimes the church, if we can't pray in a church audibly with our peers, we're Or sometimes like I'm nervous to pray because I don't want people to hear me pray out loud. And and we kind of take this sidestep and we're like, hey, yeah, I'm praying, but I'm maybe not engaged. And you you know you need to engage a a little more. You know you need to take that step a little further and you really need to call out on God. I, I believe whenever we're speaking it out, whenever we're boldly declaring it, it's stretching us in our faith journey. See, in Colossians 4, 3 and 6, Paul says this, Pray for us too. God will give us many opportunities. See, Paul is asking that they are declaring that this small church in Colossae is praying for them out loud. They know they need it. They know gather together, pray for us. And the ESV says this, that God will open doors where they're praying for God, give us opportunities. God's saying, they're saying, open doors. Continues, and it says in in verse three, it says, to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ, that is why I am here in chains. So Paul's saying, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. See, the best opportunities can come when whenever we are at our most limited space in life. See, the focus, the focus shouldn't be, God, move me from this point, but it's, God, how can you show your point in life? Paul never prayed, God, release me from these chains. Paul's saying, God, give me an opportunity. He's speaking it out. I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, speak it out. Boldly declare it out loud. Whenever we look at how prayer creates opportunities, prayer offer also encourages us, teaches us, helps us to live wisely. Helps us to live wisely. 
If believers want to be effective at sharing the gospel, which is what Paul is saying, we're praying for opportunities, then we have to be also willing to share the gospel in a wise way. Prayer helps us do that. In verse four, it says, pray that I will proclaim. Proclaim right there in the Greek says, make clear and plain to people. This message as clearly as I should. That's what Paul is praying. Paul knew that clarity is key. See, clarity is key for people to receive the gospel. A lot of times in the course of history, people, theologians, and guys who are so much more brilliant, sometimes we can make the Bible so complex. And Paul is saying, we just need to make it clear. It's that Jesus loves us so much, God sent him to each and every one of us to die on the cross for our sins. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. Therefore, we can have a relationship with him. See, Paul knew clarity is key. And he continues on, he goes, when it comes to clarity, it's living wisely. In verse five, he says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. He continues in, in, in verse six, he says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response. So I love how Paul puts it in, in verses six in the ESV. It says this, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So there's two primary reasons salt was used in Paul's time. The first time, the, the first way is to preserve food. That means whenever we want to pray, whenever we want to encourage someone in prayer, we need to make sure we're lifting others up. Whenever we're communicating, whenever we're talking, we're lifting, we're preserving someone's character. And there's also, we're adding flavor to that portion of life. We're adding flavor about someone. Those two main reasons that Paul talks about in chapter four, verse six. See, I, I want to close this year. Uh, this is our last prayer gathering service. And I, I just wanna encourage you, pray, pray, pray. The band, they're gonna come back up and they're gonna lead us in a, a final closing song just for a moment. And uh, we here at Faith believe that we want to give you an opportunity to step out and, and make yourself available in whatever way you're feeling God will lead you. And uh, tonight as we wrap up and pray, uh, wrap up here in just a moment, I wanna encourage you, you can pray at your seat. You can read the word. You can say, God, what do you need to work and instill and impress on my heart? See, prayer is the difference maker. Paul knew it so much so that he talks about Jesus' superiority in life early in Colossians. Then he's saying, we need prayer church, we want to be known for our prayer discipline because prayer changes lives. So I'm going to wrap up in a moment of prayer together and I'll, then I'll be back up and we'll dismiss formally and collectively together. Um, but I just want you to pray in this final moment this year for our groups and Christmas and Everything else may be swirling along in your life or your friend's life because it ultimately shapes lives, moves lives, and impacts people in ways we can't even see. Paul says, mysterious plan. 
we might know, we might not see the whole picture, but we know God's working in the story. Let's pray right now. Lord, we give you this time right now. We worship you. We seek you. We turn to you in prayer. Lord, it's fitting as we wrap up our our prayer 2021 midweek service. And uh, I, I just continue to lift up these individuals who are here who are going through something. Lord, may they be reminded that prayer is a difference maker and that prayer brings opportunity. May they speak it boldly, Lord. May they trust you. May they lean into you. God, continue to lead us and guide us tonight. In your great name, amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.